Hey, welcome to I Work For Him, the mouthpiece for the faith and work movement. We're your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm excited for this bonus episode of I Work For Him podcast that we're doing today with another one of our authors from our new book, I Retire For Him, Unlock God's Purpose in Your Retirement. And, and I Retire For Him is one of the three books that we're launching this year. She works for him, I work for him, and I retire for him. And today we're going to be talking with Bob Spence. Bob wrote chapter 15 and I retire for him, but Bob has a special relationship with Martha and I. He and his wife, Joanne, have walked alongside of us for many years, and Bob, on a monthly basis, meets with me and pounds me over the head with a green-treated two-by-four. I want my listening audience, our listening audience, to hear from our mentor about his perspective on retirement, and I'll let Bob tell his story. Make sure you check him out online. Maybe you've got an HR need. Bob's a professional finder of people to match the culture in your organization, bobspenceconsulting.com. Bob Spence, welcome back to I Work For Him, but welcome to the very first time that you and I have talked on I Work For Him. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you here. So, Bob, why don't you share with our listeners just a little bit of your faith and work story? Was there a, a specific incident that helped you to better understand the connecting your faith into your work? In looking back, I think probably when I was doing consulting with a strong believer back in Los Angeles years ago, and I had a chance to see what he did in the marketplace. I thought I did a lot in the marketplace, but nothing compared to what he did. And I thought, what a great role model for me. And so it triggered that. And then over the years after that, and that was many, probably 25, 30 years ago. Probably, yeah, at least that. And then since then, I have, uh, through I Work For Him, which really gave me a real shot in the arm once I learned about you guys. And uh, I find that being in the marketplace, and I, I write articles about it and put it on LinkedIn, and through my Christian art, I've got several articles about faith in the marketplace, and I share those with people. And so I find that in order to be a man, a woman of faith in the marketplace, it's something you have to consciously and purposely do. It doesn't just happen. Mm. And so I make a point to look for opportunities to share in the marketplace. Bob, you spent the first 20 years or so of your career in education, public education, even to being the superintendent of schools. Is that correct? For at the end of your education career? That's true. The last 12 years, I ran school districts. Wow. Okay. So then you moved into the marketplace in the HR consulting, finding, you know, really helping people find the right people for their organizations. And you actually, you know, copyrighted, patented uh, an approach to doing that. How have you seen God move in your work as you have out there? You've got companies across the country and even across the world and other countries that are using. Haven't you had a Canada, a Canadian client? That makes your world international, right? You have a That's Can true. That's, That's right. True. An international <laughs> consulting business. How have you seen God use your work as an HR consultant? How have you seen God use your, that work in order to open up conversations about him? I'll give you an example uh, well, first of all, I thought that I would have an opportunity to meet with a lot of what I call pre-believers, because someday they'll all believe, except it'd be too late, um, <laughs> when we all, all knees bow. Oh, yeah. But uh, I thought my client base would be mostly secular. Well, it turns out over 90% of my clients over the years are believers, and God put me in those places. 
But one place I've had a chance to really witness with it is when I do a presentation on my Choosing Winner system, I begin it by telling people, if you're going to hire right, you're going to have a mission, vision, purpose, and core values. And in putting that in front of them, I use the book of Proverbs. I give several verses from Proverbs. And I have a new client who called me recently and he said, thanks for sending your information, your booklet about your system. He said, you've got verses from Proverbs in there. And I said to him, I said, well, is that a problem? He goes, not a problem at all. He said, I wish everybody do that. Mm -hmm. But by doing that, uh, and I also, when I give a speech, a, a presentation, I always start it the same way. Uh, you, when you're in a secular world, because of legalities, you have to be a little careful about how you do things. But if you start your presentation this way, this is the day the Lord has made. He wants me to rejoice and be glad in this day. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and of course, people in the audience look at me and I said, see, you don't want to start the day that way. Start the day this way. This is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. And so it's an audience of Christians, Jewish people, maybe other faiths, non-faith. And I, I find that's a great way to share without offending anybody. Mm-hmm. Plus, anytime you use the book of Proverbs, it doesn't offend anybody because they've all heard of Proverbs. Yeah, with the, it, the book of wisdom, right? And there's so much that applies back to scripture. So, Bob, why don't you tell us what you wrote about in your chapter for I Retire for Him? I wrote from my own personal experience. And since I've lived in this 55 and over community, it really opened my eyes because 80% of my neighbors are fully retired. And I see a few of them doing things like teaching Sunday school, helping out at the elementary school across the way from our development, uh, mentoring a young man or a young woman. And then I see some others playing golf, going to the clubhouse to play cards, being in different clubs at the clubhouse. And so as I saw that, I thought, I wonder which group is dominant. Unfortunately, the recreational group is dominant. And they almost look at retirement as we owe them It's an attitude I've picked up on the part of retirees, not just here, but other places I've been. A lot of retirees think, I've worked all these years, man. I'm tired. I should be rewarded. I want peace and I want to rest and I don't want to be bothered. That's not what retirement is. Because like I say in that chapter, retirement's not in the Bible. You're not going to find it there. A friend of mine asked me one day, he said, when are you going to retire? And I said, as soon as you find it in the Bible and show it to me. And he, he laughed. He says, is it in there? I says, no, it's not in there. So as I wrote that chapter, I tried to convey the idea that you have to have a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, my own father, I mentioned him in the article briefly. Uh, I got a kick out of him always because of his sense of humor. But I asked him about retirement. Of course, the first thing he said was, I don't, get, I don't have to pay vacations anymore. I don't have to pay holidays anymore. And then he laughed. And he said, but I'm busier than I've ever been. Well, why was he so busy? Well, he was active in church. He was active in volunteer activities at church. And he had a hobby called woodworking. So he kept his sense of purpose until the day he passed on and went up to heaven. And so I guess in the chapter, I wanted to share that. The whole idea of retirement, here's the key to my chapter. 
Retirement is a job change. It is not to give up and hang up your shoes or hang up your jersey or whatever. It's a chance to do a different job, a job which is more fun than the job you've had before. Yeah, I love that. It's just so true. So you live in in a 55-plus neighborhood in Central Florida. When you look at the, uh, let's just say, the demeanor of people or the peace factor of people or the fulfillment factor of your neighbors, which ones are more fulfilled? Which ones are happier with life? The people that are recreating all the time or the people that are volunteering and have purpose in their life? The latter. And you can tell it by the expression on their face. They're smiling most of the time. The other ones still feel a sense of pressure. It's amazing. They're, they're playing games, okay? But they feel the pressure of making sure they belong to enough clubs and that they get up to the clubhouse enough times and that they make sure they know everybody in the whole area so they can talk to them about politics or whatever. Whereas those that are active in volunteer activities, they don't feel that sense of pressure because they just, like the ones that go over and read at the elementary school, which I would do if I wasn't working yet full-time, and they come back from that and they're just on top of the world because of what they've seen with young kids. Yeah. Right. You know, retirees that spend time with young people, they stay younger. Hmm. Well, and let's just give people a little perspective. It, you're not 65, right? Oh, me? Yeah. I'll be 75 in September. just want to make sure people know they can hear the enthusiasm in your voice. You're working, <laughs> you're working full time. You're almost 75 years old. And yet you're at the, you're having the time of your life. I, as you and I talk every month, cause you're my mentor. I hear you talk about the excitement of interviewing people and talking with people and placing people and helping companies match uh, new executives or new upper level hires to their culture. And it is, you're having the time of your life doing what you're doing. I think you probably wish you weren't working maybe all the hours you're working, but you're having a lot of success and some fun, aren't you? Oh, I'm having a lot of fun because, well, for example, I've interviewed through my career since public ed, I've interviewed over 6,000 people. Mm-hmm. And those are for jobs, mostly at the, what we call the sea level. Mm-hmm. They like to be sea We're level. all above sea level, aren't we? <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's my attitude about it. <laughs> they like to be CEO, COO, CFO, CHRO, you know, all the C's. Yes. CIO, CMO. They got a lot. Of, they have new C's today. They had new C's than they ever did before. But anyway, that's the kind of people I interview. And I enjoy that because I get a chance to share. And it's fun because a lot of times they'll go on LinkedIn to see who this interviewer is. And of course, on LinkedIn, they get hit with my Christian art. And so that is another way I share in the marketplace, because the minute they go to LinkedIn, they're going to see, hey, this guy, and they'll tell me, I've I've had candidates say to me, I saw on LinkedIn, you're a Christian like I am. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. That's so good. You know, I love your transparency and just sharing with us, you know, how God is using you in your own creative way. To, um, to be a light where he has you. So, Bob, what is one thing that you wish that you could tell your younger you? Oh. <laughs> um, sometimes I think, because I originally, when I was in college, I was going to go to seminary, and I had planned to be a pastor. Uh, the good news is God knew better than I did, and he changed that and sent me a different direction. And sometimes, though, I've thought if I were to tell my younger self, sometimes I think I think I would tell myself, go ahead and go to the ministry, go to be a pastor. And I know that's wrong, but sometimes I think that. 
But then actually what I would tell my younger self is this, spend more time with people, not so much formal interviews, but more informal time because I get wrapped up in so much of what I do. I don't have a lot of informal time. Mm-hmm. And I would do that. And I would also tell myself as younger, start your art career earlier. You know, I didn't start my art career until 2008. <laughs> I'm going Grandma Moses. <laughs> <laughs> but I would start that sooner because that for me is, I, when I'm doing my art, I'm in the word. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a different world because I am so connected to the art and listening to God as I draw because God picks the designs, he picks the colors. All I do is let him use my hands. That's so great. So Bob, you've probably intrigued a few people. Can they find you on LinkedIn to, in order to look at your art or where's the best place we can send them? At bobspenceconsulting.com? That one. And there's a site called adonaiartdesigns.com. All right. Adonaiartdesigns.com. Adonai is the Lord's art. They can go there and there's a gallery of my art with the biblical quotations with it. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Bob, I love just the wisdom that you're displaying for all of our Mm -hmm. pre-retirees or retirees who just need to hear the truth that they can have purpose, that they just had a job change, that their life is not over, that their calling didn't retire to, that there's still stuff for them to do and there's purpose. I mean, and everybody's unique, but there's so much need. Uh, you know, and you, you talk about living in a 55 plus neighborhood. If you're 75, you can be parental to some of those 55 year olds moving in there because many of them don't have some chronologically superior people in their lives, but there's so much to do, so much influence. Bob Spence, thanks for sharing your story here on I Work For Him. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you for letting me do it. And make sure you get a chance to read Bob Spence's p- chapter in I Retire For Him. Go out to iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore and get a copy of I Retire For Him. And maybe for a friend by She Works For Him, and maybe for yourself by I Work For Him. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I I work work for him. him.